What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Berry, the business freelance writer here. In this episode, we're going to talk about what goes into an amazing sales call. It is during these calls where we talk with prospects, explain how our offer can help them, and then lead to a close. Lead to a point where the prospect says, I want to do business with you. How do we get that end result in our sales calls more often that is going to be the focus of this episode we are joined by a guest who trains and leads sales teams for small businesses who want to improve their sales they're at their current level and they want to expand and hit their objectives that is where our guest comes in he also hosts the podcast campfire capitalism which connects the dots between sales growth stages of business and new tech that can support entrepreneurs. Our guest who joins us in this episode is none other than Desmond Dixon. Desmond, welcome to the show. Oh, what's up, Mark? Thanks for having me, man. Desmond, it is such a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And selling is one of the most important skills you can develop as a business owner. It's how you get people to actually know that your offer is interesting and worth their money. So I'm wondering if you could share with us first how do we get to believe in our offer? Because you got some sellers who maybe they look at the commission or maybe they, it's just their line of business, but they don't believe. How can we believe in our product before we go out there and sell it to the masses? Oh man, so now you're getting into the thing of certainty. So you really have to have certainty in yourself uncertainty in actually what you're providing, which means that you need to understand the desired outcome, right? Like at the end of the day, as salespeople, we sell outcomes, we provide outcomes, we solve problems. So the more clear you are on the desired outcome, it can actually like connect the dots between where people are and getting to those desired outcomes, then it just like works naturally. Like the conversation becomes natural, man. So being obsessed with the desired outcome is by far the first thing which can create certainty for sales guys and entrepreneurs. And knowing that outcome, knowing what the product is supposed to achieve, gets you more clear on how to believe in your product. What are the main points you need to bring forward? Because once you believe in your product, it is a lot easier to have other people believe in that product as well. Now there's a lot of uh, people who they get nervous when they don't know what to say. And then you get some silent moments and you got some people who they feel jittery, like they have to have some type of dialogue cut into the silent moments. I'm wondering what your take is uh, when it comes to those silent moments. Uh, do we like just let them go for a while? Like how long do you feel like is a little bit awkward versus something that expands the nature of the call? So silence can literally be your best friend if you use it very strategically. Like when a client shares with me something vulnerable or something that doesn't feel off, sometimes I will literally sit in silence and even sometimes say, hey, let me think about that. Let me process this for a minute. Because as salespeople, we could be so quick to jump to the next um, topic or we think we need to say something right away when really we need to really process what has been said to us so that we can then ask a question, a clarifying question, or go deeper into that current conversation, right? So when you're reading the script, like I, it's like you're going through a script like a zombie, like you, I see a lot of sales guys do this, where you really should just like sit there and process it. Um, also, when you reveal the price, I love to sit in silence, man. Oh, when, when they ask you, well, how much is this investment? I never voluntarily give up the investment. 
I let them ask, well, how much is it to solve this problem? When I tell them that, I sit in silence and I let them talk first. Like, as soon as you say something first, whoever says something first when you reveal the price is the, the, the loser. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they lose. <laughs> so sit in the silence and just hold, like, even if you've got to tap your foot underneath the table, just, like, sit there with a smile on your face and let them, let them say something first. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to negotiations, uh, when people are talking about like, you know, getting a salary raise, like one of the advices, if you're the employee and the boss is like, oh, well, like how much do you want? Like, you know, that's the point where you say something, the boss beats it down a little bit, you reach a summit. Uh, some people say like, start by saying you want a million dollars. And it's one of those, it's not going to happen, but it forces the boss to say something next. So like, that's something for anyone who's looking to get a raise. But this idea of silence it's so important because you listen to someone instead of creating a script. For Breakthrough Success, I used to have a bunch of questions listed where I would say, this is going to be the first question, the second question, the third question. Now, I don't do that anymore. There's a stronger focus on listening to the guest and letting the conversation flow in that direction. But you do need to have some scripts. Like some of the intro I do, I have to have a little bit of a script. Some of that is off the cuff. Just That's just based on... The more you do podcasting, the easier it is to do that. But you do have to have some type of a script while at the same time avoiding this robotic conversation. How do you balance the scripting where you feel prepared, you're able to give the benefits quickly, like uh, any moment versus the, oh, like I heard something very traumatic just now, but this next paragraph, the sales script says I have to do this. Oh man. So I'm a big believer in framework. I am the anti-script sales guy. I believe in that there's boundaries and you just have, like you said, an easy conversation where really you're only talking 40% of the time. And out of that 40%, half of it's asking questions and half of it's solving problems, right? Like you're not trying to indoctrinate this person to believe. You're not trying to convince this person that they're wrong or right. You're just simply asking questions and allowing them to self-discover themselves. And so I really like to break it down between a framework of really just four four phrases. Uh, phases. First one is a quick rapport, like act like you've been here before, right? You should be, it should be feel like a familiar conversation, right? Like I won't say small talk, but you really just want to make it normal. Like, hey, I'm a stranger on the phone with you or hey, this is not like, this isn't awkward, right? Like assuming that you're supposed to be there. Next, I like to move into the discovery phase, which is by far the most important phase. Like this is where deals are made or lost, right? And it's just really all about asking questions, right? And digging down. And then I like to break that discovery phase down into a sub phase, which is understanding where they are, understanding where they want to go, and then figure out what is in their head is how do they articulate the gap between those two places? And you just ask a bunch of questions. Like, and my favorite, here, here's how I like to stay into this phase because it's easy to jump phase to phase. To stay in the discovery phase, I trained myself to, to say literally out loud, hey, just curious. Okay, this is interesting. Let me understand. Like, I give myself these little pretexts, and then I ask a, a question to go deeper into that conversation, right? And then after the discovery phase, I like to move into the transition phase where I'll have them um, ask my two money questions. But this, this is maybe literally millions of dollars in sales, man. Uh, the first one is, is there anything else you think I should know? And where, you, where would you like to go from here? And usually they'll say, well, what do you offer? Because you haven't talked about anything that you've done at this point. They've talked probably for 20, 30 minutes about all the things that they, you know, they wanted, they've done. And so they're going to be naturally curious about you because they're like, wow, I just talked about me for this entire time. Like, oh man, like 
what do you do? And so now their unconscious mind is open to receive your what you do, and as long as you stay high level, allow them to chunk you down, and you know, NLP we call it uh, metal modeling, then it just turns into this easy conversation about a solution, like an effortless conversation. And then obviously you go through the wrap up, right, which is a whole other phase, which we can go into. And one of the most important things that has been done in that response is conversation. A lot of people they like if you're doing sales calls wrong, you're treating it like a keynote presentation where it's you monologuing and you the, uh, and the other person listening. That's a very unenjoyable experience. What you want to do instead is what Desmond laid out, going through those four different stages. You're getting to know the person so they feel like they're acknowledged. It's a little bit more than a sales call because let's be honest, we all know that the purpose of the sales call, you're trying to sell us on something. Like We know what's coming, but at least get the chance to know us a little bit better and feel like what you offer is personalized and can truly help us. So if you have that conversation, as Desmond points out, you do create that effect. I would love to go into the actual close though, because some people, they know how to have great conversations, but then they just can't make the finish when it comes to like buy my product or buy my service, they flub it, or they just feel like they're having a great conversation, why ruin it with the sales pitch? Yeah, man. So I think the for, for before we get into the close, I think the close starts off actually in the beginning where you at least check three boxes, right? Which is time, money, and authority. How much are they spending to solve their problem? So I think I'm making sure you're clear on that question first in the beginning. Like what have they tried in the past to make sure you're talking to the right person? Because then you can go through their decision-making matrix, right? Like, hey, I tried X, Y, Z. So talk like, so how did that work for you? What did you, you know? How did you guys like, how did it start? How did it end? So now they're telling you that they're the authority or they might mention, hey, I worked with my business partner or me and my wife or, or, or whatever, right? So you're getting an idea of who's the authority. And then time, what's the sense of urgency? Is this something that you want today? This is something that you want next week? Is this something you want next year? Like what's your sense of urgency? And then how much is this, like how much, how long have you been trying to solve this problem as well? So you're getting the timeline. So I think if you get really clear on those three things, when you ask, where would you like to go from here? When you transition to the close, where they say, well, what do you, well, we're, we're, I don't know. You tell me, where do we go from here? Then you can then, now that you, you're clear, like, all right, they, they have the money, they have the authority, they, they need something quick and that relatively quickly. So now you can say, well, we can either do A or B. So I'm a big fan of binary closing, right? And it's like a dance, I like, it's like a tango, right? Like you need two to dance. So I say, hey, we can either go A or B. They'll, then you get a temperature check on like how hot is this clothes. Usually they'll say, well, I think I'm more interested in like B. I'm more interested in the Ferrari, right? Not the Honda. Like I, I don't want to do anything. Like I'm more interested in like everything being done for me, being simple, being sweet, being smooth. Okay, great. Well, the, the Ferrari looks like this. It has uh, this, this desired outcome, this benefit, this benefit, this benefit. Is that, is that, and then, and then be quiet and then see if they respond. Like, they don't actually, this is where another part of the salespeople mess up. They get so specific and they start pitching. Well, I have, like, has this alt, this is alternator, has this engine, it has this, this radio, it comes in this color, it's at this location, and it's only available, it's only five in the lot. Like, they get so specific so fast. I'm really going to stay high level, talk about the high level touch points that, um, that, that connect with the client based on that conversation and their language and then allow them to get you specific. So 
once you, they pick the they pick the side, you give them the like what the, the high level outline. They then will ask you a very specific question that matters to them. Maybe they only care about what size the like the engine. Maybe they only care about the color. Maybe they only care. I'm gonna use a cars example because it's super easy, but they'll ask you their buying qualifying question. And then here's and this is the money part because either they'll ask you, well, is there something faster? Well, maybe that's too much. Or <laughs> they might ask you, well, a logistical question. Well, what's the onboarding look like? Like, where do we begin? Um, does it cover this? Does it cover that? Like any of that kind of language, then you can go deeper into the, the close based upon addressing their specific needs, right? And then you'll reach a point, hopefully answering these questions where they'll ask, well, how much is this? <laughs> and then you talk about the price. You reveal the price, like, hey, it's gonna be this investment, it's gonna cover X, Y, Z, and onboarding looks like this. You talk about the quick win. As soon as you give price, I, like I, I talk about like, okay, the investment's gonna cover X, Y, Z, and I'm gonna give you, a, and here's your quick win, like right away, and then it'll cost this much, and then I'll be quiet. And then usually they'll say, okay, great, we're, like how do we get started? And if you, if you crushed it, or they might say, if they have their own personal development issues or their own insecurities or their own doubts, they might, the most common, if you did this right, man, if you did the three things like I told you in the beginning, like time, money, and authority, the only thing they'll say, dude, I've been on so many sales calls, 80% of my objections where I need to think about it, <laughs> right? Stalling, some type of stalling. And that's my favorite ones, man, because those are the easiest objections to kill. <laughs> and so but then you think about it, you're not attached to them buying your stuff at this point. You're just attached to them making a decision. Like, you know, who cares? You just want to get them the desired outcome because maybe the Ferrari's too much, right? Maybe he, the Ferrari's not enough. Right, you don't know unless you keep them on the phone and then you ask, well, hey, I'm already here. Like, hey, like, just be honest with me. Like, elephant in the room, like, what's really holding you back, right? Like, don't be afraid of hurting my feelings. I'm not attached to you buying something from me. Like, I'm just, I, I'm on the phone with you. Just, like, be honest with me. And then they'll let go of the real objection. Uh, well, like, I was really expecting to pay 10 grand, not 13, right? So now you're not going to negotiate on the price. You're just going to negotiate the scope of work. Maybe you just need the Honda then. Maybe you don't need to spend the 10, maybe you just spend the five of the night you downsell, right? Or, hey, man, I really need like my events in like four months and like this is gonna take six months. Like, I just like, I don't even, like, I don't, like, you know what I mean? Like, now you're having, to, like, now they're gonna tell you what's really in their mind and now you can actually solve that problem, right? Oh, man, that's, that's, so that's kind of how I like to go through the clothes, like, binary, give them the menu, chunk down based upon the questions that they ask. Give them a quick win before revealing investment and then fight the, the stalling objection by keeping them on the phone. And that usually literally closed. Like what, that's the difference between me closing 20% and 50% of my calls. Literally. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much that goes into the sales call, just being able to know what the person thinks, giving them two different choices because you could see uh, if they're in between or if they're on the cheap end or if they're on the high end, uh, I love that binary uh, sales presentation. Uh, one of the things that, that I do want to get into is when it comes to an in-person sale, uh, such as anything from a conference or you're just talking to each other Zoom video, you, and, but more of the in-person, uh, you can see things like the eyebrow go up, the person scratching, uh, the person like taking a step back or arms folded. You can see more visual cues 
that give you an idea of what the person is thinking versus on the phone. And knowing how someone thinks is vital for presenting them with the right offer, leaning more into your offer B versus your offer A. How, like, what cues do you pick up on the phone call that kind of tip you off on what someone's thinking? Like a voice call or a video call? Uh, let's do voice call because I feel like that might be a little more difficult for some people to know what someone's thinking through one of those. Yeah, so if I was on the voice call, I'm really listening. Obviously, all you have is the tone of voice, right? And so, like, hesitation. So, something that I want to i want to say it's a positive sign someone about like okay what 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 it's like it's easy to like to make a story up of what doesn't work especially on the phone mm. i like to say let's focus on what does work like what were some positive behaviors that we can keep the concentration on right because you want to make sure they feel comfortable and they like trust because if you focus too much try to guess the wrongs you're not you're, you you put yourself into like a, in a dice situation so i'm looking for like what were they excited about Right. If I hear like shakiness in the voice, then um, I like to focus on like what, what what got them excited, and then maybe ask some questions around that thing that got that they had a shaky voice about. Um, I really look for pauses. So if they're thinking, if any time you're on a phone call with a client and they pause and like they think or like man I need to think about that or they acknowledge the thought, then that's good. That means they're cognitively like seeing like visually seeing themselves answering that question, right? Because we think in pictures as human beings, right? So I look for pauses. So if I make a binary option, they pause and think about it, that means they're actually taking the time to like process this, which is a good sign. Um, I think um, when they start talking fast, obviously that's a sign that either it can be excitement or it could be like nervousness and being uncomfortable. Um, so it, it, I mean, it's, it's really hard to, because it depends on where, where you are in the clothes. Now we get into super tactical stuff. Because you're in the beginning of the close, you haven't talked about price, and they talk talk fast, and, they, and their voice gets louder. That means they're excited. That means they're on to something, right? Mm -hmm. But if you after your post post investment and they start talking fast, it could mean like nervousness, and they're like uncomfortable, and they want to get off the phone with you, right? So it just really depends on like listening to the tone and like trusting your intuition and not like guessing what's like what's coming out of their mouth. Like start to like really. Like, you're not going to take their word for it. You're going to take that tone. Like, are you excited? It sounds like you're bored, right? Yeah. So like really listening to the tone is super important, man. I think in the pace. Yeah. I mean, the tone, it really reveals what a person's thinking because you can say one thing, but really be thinking the other, but it's a lot harder to conceal that with your tone because you've got the emotions in your head that you're trying to suppress, but the tone can be that tip off that tells you if someone's bored, if someone's excited, if someone wants to learn more, if they want the cheaper option. And the way the tone changes in relation to where we are in that call also makes an impact. I'm wondering if we could also do the visual cues, uh, talk a little bit about those. So like you're at the conference, you're pitching something, or you're at a sales presentation, what are the visual cues you look for in a prospect to tip you off on what they're thinking? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to touch on that, but I forgot one last thing I want to give Definitely. the audience. That's, I'm yeah. all about the voice. Um, so this is the most, this is, and I'm, I'm certified in NLP. The best thing I've ever done in my life, man, was NLP. Helped me understand myself. When they start repeating your words, 
is you know your your it's your deal. When they start to literally copy your language, when you have a granny start to say bro, when you have a grown man on the phone say, okay, bro, I think this is sick. Like that he's you know typically he doesn't talk like that. I think that's also an important sign in that you're 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 in rapport with someone. Okay, now in terms of the visual cues, I think the most important cues are rapport cues, right? Because it's really hard to tell if someone's lying really technically with body language. Like there's a bunch of like myths, but dude, I've done like body language training and I've known some best body language guys and the experts in the world. And like they all, the, the good ones tell me like you, you, it's, you're guessing at that point, like you really can't tell if someone's lying. So I look for rapport cues. So are they matching and mirroring me, right? Like, here's the most savage thing, dude, you're gonna love this. And it's all about the little things. So when I know I'm in rapport with someone, sometimes when I feel in my gut, like every salesperson knows this, or if you know you've done sales, when you get to a point in the conversation where you're like, this person, I, I know I can, I, I'm about to close this person. Or I hate saying that you're gonna close them, but you know, like I, this person's definitely one of my ideal customers. I can for sure solve their problem. Like you get excited, you can feel it in your gut. I use that energy to start laughing <laughs> like it's almost like oh cute like i start laughing and smiling and if that person starts laughing as well for no reason like oh my goodness it's gonna be fun and they start laughing i know that we're in rapport like we're locked like energetically we're in the same wavelength right because they don't even know what, like why like think about it why are they laughing i didn't say anything i just start laughing and they start laughing right um so i think that's a really great sign also um something i want to bring up that's important is don't get confused with the lean back because it can be that their unconscious mind got like they want to get away but their conscious mind is also bringing them back in to lean in and that could be a, actually a really good thing because then you can hold people high because that's going to be the, the the subject or the part of the conversation that you really need them to consciously like address in that conversation so um for instance the time is the most common objection stalling, right? Like, oh man, like, you know, they lean back when you talked about like, you know, getting a certain result and it's gonna cost X amount of money, they lean back, they got a comfortable they like me, I, I just don't have time. Well, that lean back, you could then say, hey, can I just be completely honest with you, man? Like super blunt, like I don't wanna sound like a, you know, douche or I don't wanna sound like, you know, I don't wanna, you know, piss you off. I gotta, I gotta be honest with you, kind of be honest, sure. You're self-sabotaging, man. Like. Obviously, you want to go from A, you want to go to B, and it's going to take this amount of time to get there. And based upon your budget and your constraints and where you're at, like this is definitely obviously a clear path based upon our past results with customers just like you, X, Y, Z, that this is what it's going to take to get there. And you're really in your own way at this point, man. I've been on hundreds of thousands of these calls, and I think it would be a disservice of me not to tell you that straight up. Mm. Right? So I'm using what made them uncomfortable because it's not them that's not like they want it but it's their fear and their unconscious mind moving away so you can use some of that like that 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 tilt that when you tilt back you can use that to your advantage right on a call because you're just being radically honest with them some people need it i did this with i never forget i did this with a therapist one time i told him i dude, like i was being straight up real saying bro can i be honest with you man he was like yeah dude i was like bro you're self-sabotaging yourself and he was like you're right man Damn, all right, let's go. Let's sign up. I'm ready to go. Let's, it's like, all right, man, let's just do it, man. Like, you're right, man. I'm like, like let's get it going, man. Because he needed to hear that. And sometimes you need those hard truths. And it's those hard truths that 
Uh, not only do they make you think more about yourself, but they could see how the offer helps them because uh, part of acknowledging a hard truth is, okay, it's, it's more of that personalization. Like this person understands me versus being this person who's just selling the product or service. So I really like that idea of just having the hard truths. And there are some cues that you could definitely pick up from the person, uh, but you don't want to overanalyze either. So you, you just got to have that delicate mix of, I picked up some of the stuff you're doing, but I'm not going to guess if like you like glancing like in that way for like one second was because you saw something or because of the way I'm presenting. So there is this mix of analyzing some of the important things without thinking about it way too hard. Absolutely, man. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because that's important. Don't overanalyze it. <laughs> <laughs> so for people who want to follow your journey and look at all the work you're doing, I know you've got the Campfire Capitalism podcast. Uh, we will have that in the show notes. Where else do you suggest we go to keep following all the work you're doing? Yeah, so you can go to cxorepublic.com. Um, that's one of my legacy projects, my babies, where um, I'm essentially like helping a bunch of baby boomers uh, exit their business by helping them get proper sales and, and, and customer acquisition um, strategies and salespeople and operations. So I'm pretty much bringing a, a ton of experts to really help them you know, boost evaluation of their business so they can exit sisters. 80% of businesses don't sell. So like, that's my niche for um, my legacy business um, that I'm working on. Um, you can also reach out to me on LinkedIn. I love helping people get sales guys and pretty much retiring from sales. And I don't do too much consulting anymore unless it's like a project or a business that I like absolutely love and I want to work with. But if you need a sales guy, feel free to just directly reach me and I can get you hooked up with some salespeople. Well, Breakthrough Success listeners, we'll have those links in the show notes. Make sure you connect with Desmond on LinkedIn. Desmond, thank you so much for joining us on Breakthrough Success. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Boom.